0: hello and welcome to there will be spoilers 100 films 100 podcasts as far as we can tell i'm matt Bazell. and i'm ethan knight we're going to be your guides as we move through afi's top 100 best movies list and this is 99 with toy story toy story Ethan, you've seen Toy Story before.
1: Yeah, I saw it in the theaters as a kid.
0: Yeah, so you and I are both of, I wouldn't say the generation, but certainly the age group in which Toy Story was very concurrent with us. Toy Story 3 came out, and Andy goes to college. That's the same year that I was going to college. Ah, okay. So it was like super prescient for me.
1: Right. Yeah, and I think I must have been a sophomore in college, a junior yeah. maybe.
0: So... Why don't you start us off with a summary of what goes on in this, and then we'll dig into it.
1: All right. uh, So Toy Story takes place in a world in which our toys come alive when we aren't looking. And so Woody, who's a cowboy doll, he's the leader of Andy's toys, and he's Andy's favorite toy. But Andy receives a Buzz Lightyear toy for his birthday, which causes Woody all sorts of trouble. Buzz is a spaceman action figure who doesn't really realize that he's a toy, and he replaces Woody as Andy's favorite toy, and the other toys take sort of a big liking to him as well. Woody, in his jealousy, tries to knock Buzz behind Andy's desk, but accidentally sends him out the window. So Andy takes Woody with him to a dinner at Pizza Planet. Buzz hitches a ride on the back of the car. At Pizza Planet, they get caught by Andy's evil neighbor, Sid, uh, who tortures toys. So at Sid's house, they see other toys ripped apart and remade into hybrid monsters, and in an attempt to escape, Buzz sees a commercial for Buzz Lightyear toys and realizes his reality as a toy. So he spirals into a deep depression as Woody realizes how similar they are and how they need each other. Uh, So they reveal themselves to Sid with a bunch of other toys, scaring him away just in time to see Andy and his family leaving the house to move across town. They chase the moving truck. They realize the only way to catch up is to light the rocket that Sid strapped to the back of Buzz. So they light it and Buzz flies them into the air. They land triumphantly into the car through the sunroof. And then the film ends with a Christmas celebration where Andy and his sister
0: receive a
1: puppy gasp.
0: (laughs) Wow, that's pretty succinct. That's uh, a little bit of a far cry from episode one in Ben-Hur. Yeah. I was just thinking as you were saying that I was like, is that really all that happens in the movie? And yeah, that that really is. I mean, it's not incredibly long. It's not Ben-Hur length. But there is a lot of nuance to this. And I think what we'll do now is throw our listeners into the pivotal scene, which, as you mentioned, this is Buzz's spiral into depression. Yeah. (laughs) There were a lot of places that I could have picked something about this, about a pivotal scene. But this, I think, really fit because it's the beginning of the common ground between Woody and Buzz. Yeah. And really the genesis of that buddy comedy. That we know in Toy Story two and three, yeah. and really that Pixar has kind of capitalized on Definitely. for several movies after this. So, all right, without further ado, here it is. Calling Buzz Lightyear, come in, Buzz Lightyear. This is Star Command. Buzz Lightyear,
1: the world's greatest superhero, now the world's greatest toy. Buzz has it all. Locking wrist communicator. Calling Buzz Lightyear. Come on. Charge in space this is a secret mission uncharted space. Big all! high pressure space wings! To infinity and beyond! Not a flying toy. Get your Buzz Lightyear action figure and save the
0: galaxy!
1: Yeah, near yeah. you! Buzz Lightyear!
0: Buzz, hey, Buzz, are you okay? Gone! <laughs> oh, oh, it's gone. Bye bye. Woo, see ya. What happened to you? One minute, you're defending the whole galaxy. And suddenly, you find yourself sucking down Darjeeling with Maria Antoinette and her little sister. <laughs> I think you've had enough tea for today. Let's get you out of here, Buzz. Don't you get it? You see the hat? I am Mrs. Nesbitt. <laughs> <laughs> Snap out of it, Buzz! I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, you're right. I am just a little depressed. That's all. I... I, I can get through this. Oh, i have a champ! Shh, Look at me! I can't even fly out of a window. But the hat looked good. Tell me the hat looked good.
1: The apron is a bit much. Mon-
0: we we hear Buzz listening to the commercial, and when she has this existential crisis, finding out he is in fact a toy, he is what Woody's been telling him the entire time, but he was easily discounting it because it was just you know this jealous little doll. But now that he sees it and realizes, "Yeah, I'm just a toy." He uh, becomes, he assumes the identity of Mrs. Nesbitt at Yes, <laughs> Sid's sister tea party, and it uh, gets gets has a little too much tea. Gets drunk. <laughs> a little too much tea. This actually leads to about I don't know maybe a 20 minute span, so a good portion of the movie in which Buzz really. Uh, loses agency he kind of withdraws from the movie
1: yeah he's basically catatonic for a good chunk of the movie
0: yeah i think it's not until the finale is he really snapped back out of it yeah or when they're ready to escape that is and yeah yeah, yeah. so that's that's a pretty good summary there's our there's our pivotal scene really what is this movie though what's a thesis we could we can gain from this well
1: i mean i think that on some level right if The movie's saying that if you're selfish and you're jealous, you're going to end up alone. But if you embrace friendship and teamwork, you'll receive, I don't know, love, community, happiness, family, that sort of thing. Also, be nice to your toys because they're always watching you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I sort of describe this as a dark buddy comedy with Mm -hmm. some unsettling themes, which we'll get into certainly. Yeah. But speaking of themes, really, what have you you pulled out from this movie? So you mentioned – uh, be nice to your toys which is is the ostensible moral right outside of the events of the movie
1: yeah definitely I mean there's there's absolutely that sort of strange like your toys are always watching you so treat your uh, treat your objects with care which I mean it's kind of it's kind of traumatizing poor Sid gets tra- is clearly traumatized by right. the uh the whole toy thing but uh, but maybe we'll get back into that later. I mean, obviously jealousy is huge throughout this, this film. Yeah, Jealousy and desire. And really we might even think about desire as a sort of homoerotic or homosocial desire. Because it's basically all male characters. And they all just want the love and affection of Andy.
0: Except the one Bo Peep who Except for Bo Peep. seems incredibly one-dimensional.
1: Oh yeah, she's. I think she's literally only there to... Uh, What's the word I want? Deflect desire or, or reappropriate it because like, oh, you know, Woody loves Bo Peep. Except Woody doesn't really care about Bo Peep other than on a one-dimensional level, like you said. Yeah. Uh, he's really more concerned about Andy and Andy's love. And that's all Buzz wants too, right? They both want Andy's love.
0: Yeah. And so actually to the Bo Peep point, that was originally supposed to be Barbie. But oh, yeah. But Mattel would not. They thought the movie was going to be a huge failure. Ah, joke's on them. It's the same reason Tom Hanks voices Woody instead of Billy Crystal. Yeah. Because Billy Crystal turned it down, found out. He was like, that's the biggest mistake of my life. Yeah. And so when Pixar called again, that's where we get Mike Wazowski. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think let's let's hone in on that jealousy for a second. Do you know who wrote this movie? It, it wasn't Joss Whedon, one of the
1: writers on it? Yeah,
0: Joss Whedon uh, is the first listed writer for the screenplay. Yeah and the script that surprised the crap out of me I really had no idea yeah actually that was kind of surprising for me as well so there's a bit of a nuance that we don't really expect from something like an animated movie I think it bears mentioning that Toy Story really was the launching of all the animated movies good and bad that we enjoy today like there's the Pixar AAA sort of class and then you can occasionally find stuff at Redbox or on Netflix about a little more B-listed animation movies yeah but this is where it starts.
1: Yeah, and then this I mean this did put Pixar on the map, and I think isn't this is this post the Disney Renaissance or is it sort of in the middle of it?
0: I think it's in the middle. Cuz it's 95, right? Yeah, it's 1995. So why don't you say a bit about what you mean by Disney Renaissance?
1: Okay, yeah, so I guess we should we should flesh that out, right? The Disney Renaissance is the is the um, it's a term for a set of movies from the, I guess the from 89 to the mid 90s. It starts with uh, Little Mermaid, right? Mm-hmm. And goes through, I mean, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Pocahontas.
0: Uh, when's Mulan come out?
1: Uh, that's, that's late 90s. That's like at the very tail end.
0: Okay. Yeah, so it's sort of the atypical Disney experience as it had been for decades.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a sort of a return to these. I mean, they made a lot of money. Uh, they had a bunch of really good movies, or at least movies that did very well. were reviewed very well over a period of time because they did disney did not do very well in the 70s right they were not making money and then in the 90s all of a sudden this happens right and i mean i think we can see that again shortly after you know toy story and these sorts of movies they had a bunch of stinkers
0: Mm -hmm. yeah
1: you know that i guess now what frozen is in one of the ones that made a lot of money now that people love
0: Tangled is Tangled I, we're not gonna get into it but I argue Tangled's a much better movie than Frozen uh, well I haven't seen either of them so I don't well, know but... you sir need to watch Blu-ray <laughs> I was Tangled. oh man this jealousy theme I saw there's this nuance going on here and it's not something I quite expected having come back watching this because you know like you mentioned we we saw this very young yeah and of course I've seen it multiple times after that
1: yeah, I'm sure I've watched the VHS many a time as a yeah, child. Yeah, it's probably
0: been a decade, though, since I've seen this movie. Yeah. And then going back to it, uh, we find out that Woody really isn't the hero of the story. So no. I want to point us to the opening scene where we have a play scene between Andy and he's he's has Woody come in as the sheriff, and Mr. Potato Head's the villain.
1: Right, the, his, his sort of play experience, yeah.
0: So we're supposed to understand that Woody is the hero, but conversely mr potato head is not the villain so we can't my argument is that we can't quite rely on that and we do find out that woody is in a position of power but he is also a very jealous one-dimensional very comfortable in his station and we we see this all unravel when buzz shows up and we see the pettiness the the lying the deceit yeah woody loses it i mean He he loses
1: it he's not a he turns out not to be such a nice guy
0: yeah And even when he is in Sid's house, they throw the Christmas lights over, and he tries to get out there, and Buzz won't cooperate, he goes immediately for deception.
1: Yeah, he does. Woody does lie a lot. He lies a lot. He's not a terribly savory
0: character. He's sarcastic. He's, He's not endearing in a lot of ways no and he's mean
1: he's pretty mean to buzz in the yeah. beginning of the uh, the beginning to of the buzz
0: film. to to many people really to rex and yeah he talks Slinky. down to everybody he's talks kind down of to jerk. Rex. doesn't play checkers for <laughs> slink he right gives bo peep the time of day because well she's selling something that none of the other ones can provide because <laughs> she's the only female
1: in this movie outside of like the mom the baby and sid's little sister
0: and all the the gender-neutral misfit toys. Yeah, yeah,
1: that I guess don't... They don't even speak, really, so... Because
0: they're they're aberrations, right? Yeah. So, yeah, Jealousy, oh, man. It's so, so heavy, and I did not expect it when I rewatched this film.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's laying on pretty thick there.
0: Another big theme you had brought up was community. Yeah, community and family, I think, too. And this is where... The jealousy stems from because Woody's position within that community or family. And we can say there are two things, right? There's the family of Andy in his his actual nuclear family, Sans father. Right. And the community of Andy's toys, right? Welcome to Andy's room. These are Andy's toys. It's a province, you know, it's a it's a literal community.
1: Definitely. Well, and I think that so if we think about If we want to think about the three major themes of this film being jealousy, desire, and community or family, it becomes sort of some sort of triangle, right, in which the jealousy comes from a desire for community and family.
0: Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And, in fact, there's a scene in this movie that directly points to that. Mm -hmm. So when Buzz shows some of Andy's toys that he has also been inscribed with Andy's name, right? that's when Woody... Goes over the edge. That's when he attempts to get him stuck behind the desk, which is actually really turns out to be attempted murder.
1: Yeah, he tries to murder Buzz. <laughs> yeah.
0: And what was also kind of interesting is that Andy's name is written with a backwards N on Woody's foot, and on Buzz's, it's a forward N. So it's almost as if there's a subtle clue as to Woody is the past, Buzz is the future.
1: Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's pretty clear that they're both Woody's a sheriff and Buzz is a space ranger, right? They're both, I mean, they're the same.
0: Occupation. woody is a cotton stuffed doll
1: yeah he's a doll and the buzz sewn and
0: joints and buzz is an
1: action action figure, figure with batteries and things yeah it, it is it's very
0: like old world new world you know that's a perfect example of where this goes down yeah and it's it's well done like it's an interesting scene that mm-hmm. never something i noticed as a kid yeah, I already sort of gave my idea as to what is this film, sort of a thesis. You know, this is a yeah. dark buddy comedy with unsettling themes. Do you want to augment that at all?
1: The, I think the moral of the story is, if you're selfish and jealous, you end up alone, and maybe tortured. But by embracing friendship and teamwork, you you achieve community. I mean, I think that's sort of the the arc of the film, and it it certainly is on some level this buddy comedy.
0: The fact that the only reason Woody actually becomes something of a hero or at least sees Buzz in sort of equal equal eyes is that they are intermed in a torture facility in which they are physically tortured and Buzz is slotted for execution, as it turns out. Then and only then, after this is after the existential crisis and the breakdown and deep depression, do they get along? Do they actually become friends?
1: Right And so maybe this is maybe this is sort of a fourth theme of or a sub theme of community and family in that you can create some sort of community through trauma.
0: Yeah, like it's like they're in a concentration camp. Yeah, definitely. These aberrant creatures that are created by the psychotic experiments of this child that they then have to. You know, triage to make right. these toys actually livable. None of them speak; they're all voiceless. Like they, they are, are, they are trauma victims in the most literal sense. Yeah, and it is one of the most unsettling. So the movie itself is a bit Uncanny Valley because it's 1995, and the yeah. animation doesn't quite hold that it, the way it does today. Right, but it looks so good when we were young.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think the toys still look good. The people less so. But maybe, maybe that's getting us ahead of ourselves.
0: Some of the expressions on the toys are a little off. And the one I think that was particularly strange to me was Woody's sort of sheepish grin when Bo Peep, well, pretty much says, you should come over later. And not yeah. Fix. He has this, oh, this horrifying looking face on. <laughs> so I remember being young and the scene in which all the toys, you know, come out of the sandbox or out of the mud right. or out of the barbecue pit to terrorize
1: Sid. Right. Right. Because he's traumatized too. He enacts trauma upon people, and he is traumatized himself. Yeah,
0: and trauma is a is a transitory or trans transmittable uh, violence, right? Like you can do yeah. violence to people by having violence done to you. Mm-hmm. It's and cyclical, perhaps. It's yeah, it's way. very cyclical in the sense. And Sid, <laughs> their solution is to just further traumatize Sid. Yeah. Which maybe you know, not disparaging Garbage Men, but they. There's a typical connotation to garbage man in films, at least a yeah. tropic tropic representation, and so Sid actually becomes a garbage man in Toy Story three.
1: Yeah, he's that's his job, and I, I would argue that he becomes a garbage man. Maybe he was maybe he was slotted to go to college, but uh, people definitely think he has schizophrenia. Can you imagine if he said that to his parents? They they put him on meds, and now he's a he's a garbage man.
0: Well, his parents don't care, right? Well, right. His
1: parents don't even care to put him on meds. You
0: could see when his mom calls me, he's like, not now, Mom, I'm busy. Just so – you're like, this kid's a – he's a shit. And he sleeps in his clothes. He has no sheets on his bed. He sleeps in his clothes. He's
1: got a mom because we hear her voice. And he's – there's some sort of male – I don't know if it's necessarily his father. We see a man
0: asleep on the recliner when Buzz has his – existential crisis
1: yeah and there are cans on the ground and i and i paused the movie to see if any of them actually said beer and the only one i could see said like grape soda or something but it's pretty clear that like this whoever this male figure is and and it's
0: morning because his mother says come get your pop tarts uh and then it's like pop tarts i understand they were a thing but they're not a healthy breakfast
1: no they're not a healthy breakfast and if he's getting Pop-Tarts, so we can presume it's somewhere between, like, 9 and 10 in the morning, if not earlier. This guy's already passed out in his easy chair mm-hmm. at 9 in the morning. So he's probably got a drunk, deadbeat dad. They don't they don't care. His parents don't care. He just goes to Pizza Planet by himself.
0: So Sid comes from a broken home. Andy, it doesn't look like he has a father in the picture. They're yeah. making this move alone. But we understand that he's at least getting some sort of more holistic experience. But at the same time, he's also at an age... It seems anyway, compared to you know Sid's sister, that he is old enough to where maybe that degree to which he's playing with toys right is maybe a bit too involved, yeah, and it's we could like really psychoanalyze this and say he is in a Freudian way building his own father figure from yeah. these, the adventures of these toys. And perhaps that's why many of them are male.
1: Right. And his two favorite toys are authority figures. The one's a sheriff and one's, you know, like a, a space, space ranger. Marine. Yeah. yeah
0: a space police. And the only female figure he has is Bo Peep. And if we were to subscribe or ascribe some sort of, of their consciousness to Andy's acting out of them, right. which it seems like we can, right? To some mm. extent. Yeah, I think so then Bo Peep becomes an incredibly one-dimensional thing because Andy has no understanding of, like, a real relationship between men and women. Yeah. That might be going too deep, but I think it's certainly interesting to pause it.
1: Yeah. No, I think so. I think so.
0: Well, how about this? Why don't we move to our three questions? Yeah, let's do that. And wrap this thing up. So the first question is, do we care? Yeah, I think so.
1: I think we do. At least I do.
0: I had a, a harder time answering that question than any of the other questions. When it says, do we care? I think I say, I think so as well. It still seems like a well-done film, but there's a lot of things about it that I say it definitely had a time and place.
1: Yeah, and I and this is the thing, I guess, maybe to bounce off that question. I don't know that this movie would be on the list if it had not been the very first CGI full length feature film.
0: Now you say that, but AFI has a top ten list for animated films. Oh really? And this one's number six. Really? Yeah. Again, I don't know if it would be on that list
1: if it weren't the first, right? Right.
0: So it has like this pedestal that it earns for its daring, for its what it did to the field. Yeah, for paving the way. But beyond that, I mean there's still we talk about a lot of nuanced things in the theme, and I think those are great. But it did feel a little lighter in regards to really what happens in the movie as compared to something like Up or Bolt or Cars. Seems right. like a lot of those things have more things going on. And this could be you know, technology influencing really what comes out in mm-hmm. terms of story. But to me, it felt like a little bit of a lighter movie. And maybe that's because it wasn't nearly – it had so much to deal with with their daring for technological aspects yeah. rather than what kind of things can we push in story.
1: Well, and I don't know that it necessarily wraps itself up very well. The ending is kind of confusing. Like all of a sudden Buzz and Woody are just friends, and then it's over.
0: It feels like the turning point – like the midpoint of the movie should be Sid's house.
1: Yeah, instead of like the the last
0: third. Yeah. And it might even be like the last, you know, like sixth or something. It's it's so weird. So I think this naturally pulls us into, does this movie hold up?
1: Right. And I would say yes and no for a lot of different reasons. Obviously what we were just talking about, right? I, I think that the story isn't as neatly done as later Pixar films. It is a little messy, but again, I think you're right in saying that maybe some of that has to do with technology and and playing with technology. And I mean, I'm sure it cost a, a lot of money to make this movie, and so you can't. I mean, you're not going to scrap things like you would in other way. You know what I mean? Like you you yeah, can't exactly. just reshoot the scene with
0: Andy. And a lot of this stuff probably had to be used once it was done. Yeah, just money wise. So I was watching this streaming, and I guess I'll say it's Amazon. I was watching it on Amazon Video. Yeah, and they have little comments on the sidebars that you can look at and they actually point out times in which stuff was rendered inc- incorrectly oh, okay. or when inconsistencies are made. So right. like in this, this frame, uh, Woody has this and then you look back and you know, he doesn't have it. Right. So like apparently his burn hole during their torture scene comes and goes through really? the movie. So yeah, there's obviously some sort of, it wasn't as well, you know, perfectly put together as you'd expect today from disney pixar
1: right well i mean it's the first it's it's the trailblazer right yeah
0: so i think you're right and i mentioned earlier there is a bit of the uncanny valley which is strange to Mm -hmm. say because we know that this is animation but at the same time we suspend our disbelief to say these are people these are standing these are simulacrum for people when they look this way the way they're rendered the way they're textured that it gets a little uh grotesque or uncanny
1: yeah and and that that's one of the things we have to we have to address in terms of does it hold up today. The toys in general look pretty good, and I buy them. The people on the other hand, Sid does not look Sid has not aged well. No. Uh, poor Sid. <laughs> Sid gets
0: the, the the short end of the stick, the entire film.
1: Yeah, and you can see the the dog too does not look very good anymore. right. The mom's when she walks kind of looks weird like a marionette puppet. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Andy doesn't look that good. The humans don't look that great, but in general, the toys for the most part, I think look all right.
0: It's obvious that they spent more time yeah. probably on the toys because they're the stars of the film where Andy and his family are secondary.
1: Well, and, and we you know it's easier to suspend your disbelief for like a Buzz Lightyear who is a toy already and doesn't have to look like a, per- you know what I mean? He doesn't sure. have to. You know, he already looks deformed and strange because he's yeah, a boy. Like,
0: what is with the thing on his chin? That spiral? Yeah, that his swirl. Weird, yeah, I don't know. Is what that, that supposed is. to be one weird chin hair, or is I, that supposed to be his jaw in some? Strange I hope way? it's not
1: supposed to be a chin hair. I think maybe it's his, like dimpled chin. I don't know. But it's, it's super messed up. Yeah. So yeah, it's uncomfortable
0: to watch. I also think we need mm-hmm. to address the nostalgia that at least I had watching this film. True. I saw those bucket of soldiers, and they. Fall down on their mr gaddy's parachutes yeah during that first scene and i was immediately brought back to that time and those were always my favorite toy in that film with a little right. recon mission and everything yeah so i definitely felt that nostalgia but really because it was so divorced from the reality of things the idea that my remembrance of toy story doesn't even approach really what happens in Toy Story.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that was something, too, that I I tried to rewatch it with fresh eyes. Uh, and it's hard. Because, I mean, like I said, we saw that, I saw this in the theater as yeah. a kid. And I, it looked really good then. How much of my memory is is nostalgia and how much of it is – or how much my viewing is nostalgia and memory and how much of it isn't.
0: Right. Well, I think we gave Toy Story a fair shake. Despite our nostalgia, we yeah, were I think to so. interrogate some more nuanced things. That there is no way we'd have known about when we were five and six. Yeah, sure. But also, it is still kind of nice to be back in that world, that vein.
1: Yeah, definitely. Even if it's not as neatly black and white as it it may have appeared as children.
0: Yeah. Okay, so our final question is, what do we owe this movie? Right. And I think that's pretty obvious at this point. We've talked quite a bit about it. Yeah. That this is the trailblazer, but it did a lot of interesting things it made the first full-length feature film animated, but it's still limited in a lot of ways, like we mentioned, where it feels a little bit light on the conflict or plot of the movie because it seems maybe technology constrained it or they just weren't as ambitious because they already had a script rejected once for this film right? and they had to rewrite the whole thing. So it's hard to say, but it's definitely limited in scope in a way that other Pixar Disney films are not.
1: Yeah. And I think so to, to maybe further answer this question of what do we owe it? We, I mean, we owe all of the Pixar films since then Mm -hmm. that, you know, and really just sort of the idea that you could computer generate a, uh, an animated movie. It's, it's, you've got to, it's owed to this, to this film, to Toy Story. We wouldn't have any of the other Pixar films without it. and, we wouldn't have even the Disney animated films that aren't Pixar ones, like what Wreck-It Ralph and one of the other ones.
0: Yeah, but these things are definitely – they come off of the same technology, the yeah. same sort of wave of, hey, animation or animated films can actually be successful. Yes. And, I mean, I keep seeing them.
1: Right, yeah. And I think in that way we – I mean, this film is in a lot of ways like what Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, which is – the very, f- I mean, the very first animated feature film period. Obviously, not computer generated.
0: Right. Yeah. I think we need to clarify that we are saying this digital animation. Uh, yeah. In the Pixar vein. So we. This is not one of our three questions. That wraps up our three questions. But we always kind of ask this at the end. Did you like this film?
1: And and I would say yeah, I liked it. Uh, I think I liked it a lot more as a kid than I do now. Am I like sitting down all the time to rewatch? Toy Story, no, but it was nice to revisit that.
0: Yeah, I have to say, though I think I enjoyed this movie for its uncovering of things that I hadn't you know, previously seen about this movie. Sure. It barely held my attention. Yeah. I was more engaged with Ben-Hur in its lengthy epic than maybe it's because I thought I knew the plot pretty well of Toy Story. For whatever reason, it was not as easy to sit down for you know about two hours. I guess it's only an hour and twenty, but yeah, to and absorb this film.
1: Yeah, well, and I I guess I did have a similar experience because I did not watch it all in one sitting for whatever reason, and I guess part of it is you know. Like I said, it was nice to revisit it. Am I am I gonna be like ready and raring to watch it again in a, in another couple of weeks? No, not really. <laughs> yeah.
0: So that's our show. That's been Toy Story, 1995, Pixar animated film. Next time we have 1942. Yankee Doodle Dandy. Yankee
1: Doodle Dandy.
0: I honestly have no idea what to expect from this film other than the stuff I pulled for our little spoiler cast area. And I think it's going to be a rough one. (laughs) I think what we'll do is leave you with this. But as always, I'm Matt Bazell. And I'm Ethan Knight. And there will be spoilers.
1: There will be spoilers! There Will Be Spoilers was hosted by Matt Bezell and me, Ethan Knight. We were produced by Matt Bezell. Our music is by the enigmatic Breakmaster Cylinder. You can find his music all over the internet. Google him. Our artwork was by Becca Knight. You can follow her on Twitter at BeccaTheKnight. Or you can find her website at nightdraws.com. You can follow us on Twitter at SpoilersCast. You can follow us on Facebook at There Will Be Spoilers. And you can shoot us an email if you want at spoilerscast at gmail.com. We plan on answering emails on our off-meet podcast, so be sure to send in your questions or comments. And finally, please remember to subscribe to us on iTunes and or SoundCloud and review us, please. Thanks for listening. that's all the
0: handy i'm a yankee doodle dandy i'm glad i am hold on, hold on. i'm a real-life yankee doodle made my name and fame and boo just as mr
1: doodle did by riding on a pony